Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm good and settling into this fall weather quite nicely. <laughs> well, don't don't get too settled. It's probably, probably like 90 next week or something. No, no, you know, no, no, no. You know, no that's, more of that. I, that's why I've been holding off on breaking out my jeans. I don't. I've been I've been going with shorts. <laughs> I, as soon as I put the jeans on, it's gonna go. It's gonna go right back. Yeah, that's fair. Good call. <laughs> uh, don't forget that you can uh, send questions and feedback to us by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at NHHSSports. The Field Hockey Show will be posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com and uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, like Spotify or Odyssey. You can listen to it there. Uh, and also listen to uh, plenty of, of old uh, shows as well if you are so inclined, have a lot of time on your hands. Uh, uh, yeah, so this week I thought we would start, uh, I, you know, we, we, we've been speculating the coaches poll every week because of, again, the timing is uh, is a little rough for us here. Um, but I think last week we thought maybe that um, there might be a shot that Dover had, a, a, you know, would close the gap, I guess, between Wyndham uh, for number one. I, I did mention I was... Uh, I was up in the air on who I would put as my number one team. Um, I think a few other people made a switch too, or if they'd been voting for someone else, uh, went one way or the other. And then we ended up having uh, one of the closest uh, finishes here, I think, in any of the polls we've ever done, You know, regardless of sport. Uh, at, at one time, both Wyndham and Dover were tied for that uh, number one position uh, and end up going to Wyndham by just a mere uh, two points. Uh, Wyndham had seven of the 12 first-place votes, and Dover had the other five. Which just sets up. I mean, I still – the the Dover-Wyndham final season – or final game of the season for both of them, like, if this narrative keeps playing out, it's going to be – going to be an absolutely electric game. Yeah, I, I know we uh, we got way – or I, I shouldn't say we. It was, it was totally me. I got way ahead of myself uh, <laughs> <laughs> last week talking about that. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, the only difference this week, they're both still undefeated. Uh, Wyndham's played one more game, so they're at nine and oh, and Dover's at eight and oh. Uh, the only difference is Wyndham gave up a goal this past week, uh, to Timberlane in their, their three, one win. Um, you know, so, so now they've, they've been scored on twice. Dover still, uh, no goals allowed since that first game of the year against Central West. Uh, but their uh, their schedule uh, is a little bit tougher this week. They got uh, Pinkerton and then a trip to Bedford and then a 10 a.m. Saturday game against Exeter this week. So Dover uh, being put to the test. Uh, and Keene's, uh, or excuse me, Wyndham's schedule has Keene on, on Monday and then Winnicunit, uh coming up as well next week. Uh, so, so yeah, some some opportunities for, for some pretty good teams to maybe uh, – get a real signature win or uh, opportunities for those two teams to continue their runs this year. For, for sure. And I, I, I want to extend maybe a little caveat to anybody kind of circling schedules and dates <laughs> sure. on their calendar. I mean, there's still <laughs> what's on the NHIA website. Isn't always, you know, what's happening. And even still, I think teams still have a ton of reschedules that, you know, maybe aren't on here to make up. And the ones that are on here are, are getting moved again. I mean, we're, we're in a unprecedented time with trying to find officials. So 
this is my my PSA to anybody who you know really loves field hockey and wants to learn how to be an official. Please, <laughs> we definitely need some so that we can get all these games in. So I would imagine that that 10 a.m. Saturday game uh, is is very likely due to either a homecoming weekend or or you know that's the time that it's got to be because of uh, that's when officials are available. Well, well, I think you'll love this. That game was actually rescheduled was supposed Perfect. to be it's supposed to be a couple of weeks ago at Dover on a day that it was pouring rain. Yep, yep. So, so they probably they, had to reschedule yeah. it for a Saturday morning because that's when I mean everybody had to do reschedules that week. So that's probably when the when the officials were available. I still have to I still have to reschedule our dairy field game too for the same <laughs> reason. So still. Yeah. That's the game that's never gonna get played. Oh it has to. It's oh, gonna no, it's gonna happen. <laughs> uh so yeah, the uh, the rest of the poll we should we might see a little little shake up here. Uh, of course, Exeter was at number three again this week, but they uh, dropped a, a game sat or excuse me Friday to Winnicunnet, who had also been on a little bit of a skid. Uh, John Stark was at four. Winnicunnet was at five this past week. Pinkerton six. Oyster River made a pretty big jump, uh, going up to number seven. Kennett was eighth, and then BG and Concord jumping back into the poll at nine and ten. Uh, they had both been in the preseason poll, but then dropped out after uh, early season losses, and uh, and just this past week, climbed back in. Although, you know, they both played each other on Saturday, and, and you know, BG came away with a six-one win, which was very eye-opening to me. Um, you know, Concord. I don't know if they'd given up six goals all year total uh, before that game, but. Um, that rounds out your uh, your top ten for last week. So don't forget to check out the site later Monday afternoon for uh, for a new top ten and and what I think could be uh, like I said a shake up there at the bottom you know outside of the top two. Yeah, it's been the way the polls worked out has been interesting. I feel like the bottom, I feel like the the bottom five or six spots have been kind of up for grabs. You know, with a, with a lot of teams. De- so definitely, we'll see, we'll see yeah. what this week, well, last week brought that, you know, have maybe made some coaches change their mind. Definitely the bottom four have been a constant change. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think what's happened in recent weeks is if like, if you look at last week's um, the gap between five and six is only, was only one point this past week while the gap yeah. between, four and five has widened so that the, the top four has kind of solidified itself uh, although again that could change this week um, and while that you know everyone else has kind of been thrown into the into the mixer there yeah I mean we're at the midway point of the season now so I think teams are starting to separate themselves and and yeah I, which which is interesting because this week was the first week you put out the uh, playoff picture yes I Glad you brought that up because I, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, that was um, that was a little interesting to see too. Um, you know, because again with the schedule changes, um, there were you know some couple games were a little tougher to track down. Um, you know, and and then I don't know, I don't know. Were there any surprises in there to you? Um, on the playoff picture, no. I mean, based off of what they're based off of where we're at now i mean it seems pretty you know pretty par for the course for what we've seen over the last couple of years maybe in d1 team being at four yeah um at this point in the season was was pretty surprising and and win a at eight 
Um, I guess I'm just not used to, you know, maybe a flip of those teams feels like what it's been and, and Bedford being a little lower than normal too, but um, still a lot of field hockey to play in anybody's divisions. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the teams in, in that um, playoff picture in Division One, I'd like to, to talk about first uh, was a team I've seen a feels like a couple of times over the last two weeks uh, is, is, is Bishop Girton. Um, you know, been, been really impressed by the way they've been playing. Uh, they've won four in a row after starting out three and two. Uh, and what they're really doing is, is they're starting to put up some goals. You know, the first couple of games, especially against tougher competition, was a little harder to score. Uh, those la- during that four-game streak, they've, uh, they've outscored teams 16 to five. Uh, and, and as of now, uh, going into the week, they're seven and two along with Exeter in the standings. And, oh, hey, wouldn't you know, those two teams play each other Tuesday afternoon at Stellos. Uh, That's so convenient. Yeah, how about that? Um, so <laughs> certainly a game I've had, uh, I've got circled on my calendar. Uh, you know, and in, in, you know, I saw BG last Wednesday at Londonderry. Um, you know, in, in a game that they dominated for stretches, uh, yet found themselves going into overtime. Uh, and really, in that overtime, it it, it belonged to Taylor Gabord. Um, she just. Once BG got the ball over midfield, she was not letting it get back over, and ended up scoring the game winner on a uh, on a corner in overtime. Yeah, you love to see you love to see players just flip the switch, you know, when it's needed most, put the team on their back, and and just go ahead and get it done. And it sounds like that's what happened for for BG at Londonderry. Yeah, and it was uh, you know interesting too at the end there. London, Londonderry got the tying goal on kind of a a breakout. Uh, after BG had had the ball, you know, up up in the offensive end for long stretches, and then they came back and almost uh, took the lead uh, in the fourth quarter. So again, just um, you know, we were, we were talking about before we started today uh, about you know just how funny bounces can change a game, you know, swing a game so dramatically. That almost happened, you know, with that Londonderry BG game, and uh, in just a moment, you know, a team the team that's dominating could almost find itself down. It's just it never it it never ceases to amaze me how that happens. I feel like more often than than most other sports. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially you know, Londonderry's still got their grass field too. So you take a turf team to grass, and you know, Londonderry's got the advantage maybe in knowing where all the bumps and lumps is in their on their field. But um, yeah, BG has really really turned it on. You know, to start the second half of this season, um, and I think the Exeter game is going to be great. Exeter's coming off that 3-0 loss to Winnicunit. Um, only the second time they've been shut out this season. So I would imagine that that Coach Grot is going to have that team ready to go uh, when they roll into Stellos this week. Yeah, that, that game against Winnicunit was an interesting, you know, um, to look at just based on, on the trends for both teams. You know, like, you know, uh, Exeter had won four in a row to that point. Um, Winnicott had, after starting four and zero, had lost three in a row. Uh, looked like they were, you know, slipping back. Like you said, they they dropped to to eighth in the standings, uh, which uh, yeah is is a little surprising to see. So I mean, you would think going into that game, if we were if we were picking that game, I probably would have picked, you know, Exeter to to win, and then and then sure enough, uh, you know, Winnicott goes out and not only gets the win but puts three up on Exeter. You know, after they've been a team, I know because you know they've been a team when kind of that's been, I think, struggling at times to to get the offense going. Um, you know, three's the most they've scored in a game this year. Uh, you know, and they hadn't previously done that since 
you know, opening day against Timberlane. Um, you know, they get they get three goals from three different players, Hayden Adams, uh, Maddie Garant, and Fiona uh, McAfee. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a big win. Again, going into uh, a couple of games coming up for Winnicott that, that, you know, are going to really have a big impact on their where they finish. Yeah, and uh, Winnicott doesn't have it easy coming this week either. I mean, they've got Memorial tomorrow, looks like, and then they head to Wyndham on Wednesday, which anytime you go to Wyndham, you're you're in for one. Yeah, and then and then a Concord game against Concord at home to finish out the week. Um, you know, so that's um, yeah, just an interesting result from that one. One again that I wouldn't have seen really necessarily coming if I'd have been picking that game. Uh, you know, and then to go back to to you know we're talking about Londonderry. Uh, you know, they're a team this year that just just seems to have. They're right there with everybody, with the exception of of Dover. Um, you know, you take out that one um, that they lost big, and their other. You know, um, trying to count in my head here real quick is always a, a, a challenge. Uh, four of their other five losses have been by one goal to you know some of the the top teams in the division. And then they had a two nothing loss to Wyndham last week that um, I guess there were some other circumstances before the game where, you know, on the bus ride over, they, um, they, you know, there was an accident. uh, One of these, what seems to be a very unfortunate uh, rash of, of motorcycle accidents. Uh, I guess that that happened near their bus on the way to the game kind of shook them up a little bit and they came out and played a good game, but was, uh, you know, was, was still a two nothing loss to Wyndham. Yeah, and Londonderry, Londonderry is not one that seems to be giving up um, too much, except for that Dover game. I mean, that's kind of a a weird blip. Um, but even you know, having gone through what they had to go through to only give up two to two to Wyndham is is pretty great. So I'll be curious. I'll be curious to see how they can turn it around with you know the teams they have left in their schedule. Exeter and Concord probably being two tough ones, though, um, you know, they've also got uh, Keene in there, too, which, you know, was another team that kind of surprised me how how high up they were in the standings. Yeah, they've got – Londonderry has a stretch this coming week uh, into the following week to kind of right the ship, um, you know, some games that against teams that should be um, – you know, I don't ever say you know they're they're like like we were just talking about with Exeter and Winnicott that anybody's gonna win, is guaranteed to win. But um, games that should be a little bit, um, you know, they should have a, maybe a, an easier time, um, you know, to kind of right the ship there. You know, and then and then one other game, uh, or there is another game coming up this week that, uh, you know, looking over team schedules and and who might finish where and who has what left. Um, another game, uh, of course, that has was rescheduled from its original date uh, Monday afternoon is uh, Timberlane at Nashua South. You know, you look at that one, and and South is sitting at three wins uh, going into that, and they actually hold the final, or at least they did uh, held the final playoff spot going into the weekend. Uh, Timberlane with two wins at the moment. Um, you know, both have some winnable winnable games too down the stretch, but if they, you know, if they both beat the teams that they like the same teams going down the stretch this game is going to be potentially the one that flips it so i think the the winner of this game could end up grabbing that last uh last playoff spot yeah this is a a big one for that 
tiebreaker for that tiebreaker spot because I think, you know, like you said, the schedule's pretty well balanced going through the end. So, you know, if if uh, who knows, this one maybe ends in a tie and <laughs> you have to go to yeah. tournament teams, but I mean, honestly, after this week, anything is possible. So, uh, you know, hopefully both teams can can bring a good competitive game and and come out with a definitive result. You know, I always forget about the ties. The ties get me every single time. I I, I don't know. Why, I don't know why. Maybe it's because a lot of the other, you know, what other sports? Maybe you know, ice hockey yeah. and soccer. I think you have ties too, right? Um, I think everyone else now these days, you know, has it has a either plays until there is no more tie. Well, yeah, that's it. They play there till there is no more tie. Yeah. Um, so it always it just gets me every time I, I say that, and then and then you mention ties. I'm like, oh crap. Well, and it's funny because, like, I, not the case in D1, but certainly in D2, there are ties all over the division right now. <laughs> that's true. And and then there have been none in Division Three. Right. That's just – it's that's bizarre how that works out. Um, I don't know. Any other, any other thoughts on uh, on what we saw from Division One this past week or what's coming up? Oh, no. And, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, like, at this point, hesitant to talk about what's coming up because who knows? <laughs> we just talked about how nice the weather is, but, like, I still have a little bit of shock from what we've been <laughs> through over the last couple of weeks with my rescheduling hat on. So let's just hope for nice, cool days and minimal rain and get these games played. I, I think my, you know, my my takeaway from, from what this past week showed us is uh, maybe something that we speculated about um you know, at the beginning of the year, I mean, again, you've got Wyndham and Dover who are, you know, have clearly separated themselves at this point, uh, you know, as, as two of the top, as the two top teams, um, you know, but outside of that, you go three through, I don't know, let's say 11, 10, 10, 11, 12. Um, I, I feel like anybody could beat anybody on any given day, um, you know, depending on where the game is being played how the you know how the ball's bouncing it just it, it it feels like there's uh the the gap between those higher seeds you know three four five and and then the bottom part of the the division uh or the playoff uh field is is not as wide as it usually is well yeah yeah it's still there's like i said still a lot of field hockey left to play and and who knows who's gonna who's gonna make it to the tournament at this point <laughs> uh you know, and then in Division Two, you've got the uh, you know we talked about Wyndham and Dover being undefeated. The only other defeat undefeated team left in the state now. Uh, you got in Division Two with John Stark had a uh, a pretty close game last week at Oyster River. Uh, you know, Stark gets a two-one uh, win in that game. Um, you know, I think that kind of I don't know. Does that show us a little bit about both teams uh, in that that result? Yeah, I mean, I think Oyster River is definitely solidifying themselves in a as a team in the division that you know isn't didn't just have a have a lucky start in the beginning of the season, and they are they are owning that. I say lucky start, knowing that they lost their opener to Kennett, and then you know kind of decided kind of turned it around and and only gave up four goals in what five six games something like that yeah so um i think oyster rivers definitely solidified themselves as a team in this division that you do not want to mess with yeah and they've got um you know an interesting stretch uh coming up um i believe is <laughs> again it's not showing on the uh, the schedule right now but i believe they did beat sanborn on saturday 
Um, you know, so at, now they've got coming up this week, you know, games at Merrimack Valley against Hanover and then at Pelham in another uh, another Saturday morning game. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, Pelham's been struggling a little bit of late, but still a tough team, a uh, tough place to go play, especially for a, a team that's, you know, plays its home games on turf. Um, you know, so that and then after that, they follow that up to close the year with Portsmouth, Hollis, Brookline and Goffstown. So. The last six for for Oyster River, uh, I think, will really tell us a lot about, you know, um, what their chances will be coming up into the uh, the postseason. Yeah, and I mean, as a as a coach too, I think that's exactly the kind of schedule you want to end with, right? You want to end your season on an upswing of some like tough playoff teams that are going to get you ready to go on a deep playoff run, which I think Oyster River is definitely going to go on a, on a deep playoff run if they can keep this going. So, you know, Sanborn might, might've been the game that helped them fine tune, but um, I mean, Merrimack Valley doesn't, doesn't give things up easily either. I don't think that's going to be a gimme game. We, so he can just saw Hanover. I can tell you if they, if they came to play the way they came the other night, that's not going to be an easy game. Um, so uh, yeah, I think Oyster River's got, is in a good position to, to set themselves up for a, a, a high seed and a deep playoff run, like I said. I feel like, uh, you, you know, whenever whenever your games, you have games against Hanover, right, they're either going to be, can pencil them in either as like a a one nothing game or, or certainly a tie. I don't know what that is. It just feels like over the last couple of years, that's the, just what you guys play to. Yeah, I don't know either. But if you can figure it out, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to listen at this point. Let me know. So, I... <laughs> but... But no, I mean, Hanover got off the bus ready to play, um, scored a couple of goals really early on. Um, and we fell down in a, in a two Oh hole, which is not something that we usually do. And then, you know, fighting out of that hole has always proven a little bit challenging, but we managed to score three unanswered to go up and then had a flashback to the Oyster river game when we gave up the tying goal with 53 seconds. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So, and then after a 10 minute overtime, um, you know, I'd say we probably controlled the the majority of that overtime, but, you know, couldn't find a way to get in. And that's one thing about Hanover's defense. If you give them time to recover, they will pack the circle. Um, so getting any, getting any shots through is really challenging um, because they, they legitimately put 10 players inside and they might leave one high as an outlet, but they put all, you know, 10 players inside that circle. Similar still, I mean, a uh, new coach this year, right. Um, still playing like similar kind of Hanover field hockey. It sounds. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had a couple of really good, I, unfortunately we didn't get their roster. So I only had numbers in my book. Um, my manager had to write down just what was on the field. So um, they're number one and number 10 and number 12, I believe, were the three that really stood out to me and, and kind of ran their field. And if you can get three players at that, you know, midfield that can transition the ball well into the circle, um, you know, you're going to have you're going to have some success. And, and they were able to execute on corners really well also. So, you know, looking at what Hanover has left, um, uh, Dairyfield, Oyster River, and Stark are their next three. I don't think those are going to be, you know, a, a walk in the park, particularly Oyster River and Stark. 
Um, but Hanover might might be able to set themselves up for a, a pretty good spot um, seeding-wise heading into playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, the other other team I wanted to, to talk about in the division that uh, I, I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if we want to call them the hottest team in the division. You know, there's some other teams that have, have been on some pretty good runs too, but um, Hollis Brookline saw oh, them the yeah. other day. Um, you know, they've now won five in a row, uh, outscoring teams uh, 16 to one during that stretch. Uh, you know, looking at what they've got coming up, you know, they, they've got a couple winnable games before they hit the end of the month. Could be, they could be eight and two going into October, uh, which is, you know, after dropping the first two games, games of the year uh i would imagine that's a place that uh, that a lot of coaches would take oh absolutely um and yeah they're they're the the way that their rest of the season pans out for them I, I think eight and two is is very achievable for this team the big games i have circled on their calendar are the oyster river game um and bow uh, especially where that one's on the road um, those are the two that I'm kind of that I'm kind of looking at looking at for for HB, but I think that they have a, a really good shot at going eight and two. Yeah, and then I mean, just the way that they've been they've been playing. I mean, you guys saw that you know in your game against them that they just they come at you just constantly. Um, you know, don't give up a lot of space to to you know to maneuver to do what you want to do, and and then trying to get through their defense is. Uh, is is pretty tough too. Um, you know, I saw, I was at that game Monday against Goffstown, just kind of a, a you know one of those days where it's like you're coming back on a Monday. It's gray, it's rainy. You know, they kind of got that one goal early against Goffstown, and then just kind of you know they kept they kept you know pushing forward, but um, just as much they weren't giving Goffstown any room to do anything. Yeah, uh, Hollis is a team that has fantastic layers. Um, they hunt in they hunt in twos and threes. So, you know, if they're pursuing a ball to create a turnover, you're you're not just looking to beat one player. You've got to get through a couple of them, um, and then they're able to transition pretty quickly up the field as well. I like that hunt into. That's exactly the way that I think it, it should be described. I like that. I like that the hunt hunting yeah. is is because really that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're the way that they approach uh, the defensive side of the ball. Uh, their their positioning is tight and they do like it feels like they are just on the hunt to get that ball back yeah the other thing I think that's big for them too is is it's not um you know I know they have you know a couple of kids who um you know who have scored a lot of goals for them um you know uh, Sabrina Hill being one uh Nia Jernberg another uh but I feel like looking at some of their results they've got you know a, a lot of other girls who are contributing um and and that like you were saying having multiple players who can do things it's just that's that's a recipe for success oh yeah it's easy to tell a team hey we've well, got to shut down number blah but to be able to list off four three and four people that you have to pay attention to you know then the task becomes a, a bit more challenging and, and hollis definitely has that depth yeah i mentioned that game uh against goffstown and just looking at what goffstown's done this year i mean they're a little bit uh, I guess you could say like Londonderry uh, in Division One, uh, just that they've had a few more, been able to put a few more wins together. I mean, Goffstown's three losses have all been, you know, one nothing games to, you know, Stark, Sauhegan, and, and Hollis Brookline. Um, you know, they're not scoring a ton of goals, but they're not giving up a lot either. 
and uh, you know they just and, and they've got a couple of, again a couple of games coming up to kind of you know put something together here, um, get right and kind of you know put themselves in good standing going into uh, what what should be two tough games to end the year at Portsmouth and then against Oyster River. Yeah, and I I think if Goffstown can get in, you know I I think Goffstown will get into the playoffs, and once they're in there, I mean it's a whole new season, so I think you know they'll definitely take what they've learned and you know everybody knows I have all the love and respect in the world for for coach Jess and everything she's able to do there so you know she she took a nine seed and brought him yeah, to a championship yeah. so I don't think you can ever count Goffstown out. no um you know and the one other uh one other score from division two that I think had us both kind of opened our eyes uh Milford picking up its first win last Friday uh, getting a one nothing victory over Derry Field uh, in a game that I guess uh, I guess was played on the uh, the football field at, at Milford um, just the second time I guess that they've ever done that um, so I don't know maybe the the change of venue I guess worked out uh, pretty well for the Spartans yeah who knows I mean that is definitely one that I had to had to check a, a few sources for yeah. to just be like Huh, but I mean, it goes it goes along with the narrative of who knows. Like anything, anything can really happen. And and you know, if a team if a team shows up to play and you misstep, you know, the game bounces like we were talking about before. Milford got you know Milford got that one opportunity or you know capitalized on the one opportunity and then made it hold up. And I think I think the. The thing that I'm most curious about that I wish I was kind of like a owl in the tree watching this game for was um, Dairyfield had a had an impressive number of offensive corners that they just were not able to convert on. So I I wish I knew whether like was it the field that factored into that because if they're playing on the football field I know that one's not super short. <laughs> um, so you know were they not able to get shots off was Milford's defense just absolutely dialed in that day who knows I don't know I can say when uh when I was over there for for football a couple weeks ago the grass uh seemed a little lengthy for uh for football so I'm assuming that's the same case for field hockey yeah it's interesting though because even when Milford plays at Jacques I know sometimes they have a tough time getting it mowed there as well so makes me wonder like with all the rain and stuff because jocks is there you know it's on the bottom of that big hill so i wonder if with all the rain like jocks field was just you know not playable or too squishy still um but regardless i mean milford picks up the one nothing win over dairy field yeah they could have i mean they'd had a stretch of uh of road games before that so it's yeah it's possible that maybe they that just wasn't uh yeah, that that's a that's a strange place to to have games to me. Um, you feel like you're at the edge of the world there, almost. Yeah. You're going down the hill, you're behind the school. Um, you know, it's it's weird that it, it feels weird that it's tucked right in the middle of Milford too, because you don't feel like right. It. Oh, and the and the river's on the other side. Yeah, right. So you've yeah. Got that, that massive hill and the river, so it's like <laughs> floodplain central. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other uh, anything else that uh, caught your eye in D two before we uh, move on? Um, ooh, trying to think. No, I don't think so. Right. I mean, I'll, I'm curious to see how Pelham turns how Pelham turns things around. I mean, they had a really hot start to the season. 
I know, you know, had had some injuries maybe they had to work through over the last week or two, but um, I think they'll be looking to to right the ship here coming down coming down at the end. Yeah, a couple of big uh, big games going to Pembroke uh, on Tuesday, and then ho- and again uh, mentioned the game earlier, the Saturday morning uh, game against Oyster River. That uh, if, if someone can get himself up moving early enough on Saturday, might be there for that one. <laughs> I believe in you. Eleven, you can get up at. 11, oh yeah, eleven. Yeah, eleven. Eleven will be fine. Eleven, so you'll be. You'll be all right. The nine a.m. ones after uh, after being out at a football after a game football with, Friday. Yeah. yeah no dri- driving back from Timberlane the night before. Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was brutal. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at Division Three, and and I guess maybe this is the one where. The division where the standings look a whole lot different than they did uh, on Friday, despite you know not not a ton of you know not that much happening, uh, but certainly the last time we talked, uh, Bishop Brady was still sitting at the top of the standings. Uh, they had a, a rough week, getting handed their first two losses against Guilford and Newfound, who uh, both now are, are seven and one, uh, and at the top of of Division Three. And uh, I don't know, I, I guess um, not really that much of a surprise um, that that's where they've ended up eight games in. Um, we, you know, I think those are both teams that we thought would um, would be pretty good this year. Yeah, and I think uh, the interesting thing, too, is how long um, all three of those teams really had to kind of wait to play each other. Um, but now that, you know, the midpoint of the season – things are going to, things are going to start heating up because when you know it, even though Guilford and Newfound are tied right now, they play each other on Tuesday. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so that, that might help things out. Uh, that might help things out a little bit there, but, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting, you know, Brady prior to those two losses had only given up one goal um, this season. So, you know, for Guilford and Newfound to both come in, put, put three each on them. I think um, this is probably a wake-up call for Brady, and and they'll be able to finish out. I mean, they still have a ton of games left in their season. Um, so, you know, I think they'll be able to turn it around and, and still finish strongly at the top of the standings. Um, you know, maybe right in line with, with Newport and – or, sorry, Newfound and uh, Guilford, but we'll see. And then, uh, yeah, they, they've got a um... – an interesting game coming up on also on Tuesday. Uh, Brady has to go to Kearsarge, which uh, you know we were talking about last week, being uh, sitting there at five and one, close to the top of of the division, uh, but yet they hadn't played for like nine days. Uh, you know they came out last Saturday uh, in a game against Stevens, dropped that one uh, for nothing. Um, you know to to kind of end their their run there. Um, you know, but so that's, that's a big one and a big week again for Kearsarge, like I said, or like I said, playing Brady, then they go to Hopkinton, who's, um, you know, put together some nice wins this season. And then they come back home to host, uh, Muscoma, which, which is also yeah. up there as well. Yeah. And I think it goes, I mean, D3 is the interesting division and in that you get to see teams twice. So, you know, Brady had that tough three, two, one with newfound, but then after their two game road trips over, um, another another Saturday game, uh, they get to see Newfound again. So, you know, we'll see what Brady does with these two games in between then. Um, but you know, they might they might be able to to turn things around in the second game against Newfound on Saturday. 
yeah, the, this, you know, you were talking about the scheduling and rescheduling has been crazy, but just even, I don't even know if some of these have been rescheduled, but like we were, we were saying beforehand, Kearsarge had on its schedule, but Stevens back to back with that, you know, nine day break in between. But then you look at Stevens schedule and they had three games in between those two. Uh, you know, they, that Kearsarge, first Kearsarge game was a one nothing loss. Stevens first of the season and they, they dropped the next one to Newport and then bounced back with two wins before that one uh, over Kearsarge. So it's kind of, I, I don't know, it just, it's it's so, the the gaps in some of the scheduling and then the, you know, rapid games one right after the other, it just, uh, it seems like a tough way to kind of do things to me. Yeah, yeah, really, <laughs> it's really bizarre. But, I mean, the that division is so spread out with, with yeah. regard to travel, right? Like, you know, we go back to talking, yeah, Brady's got to go to Kearsarge. And then they've got to go to Berlin two days later. So like the, that, that travel is just uh, brutal. Um, you know, and it looked like uh, Stevens might've used that, the nine day break um, to figure out how to, how to score some goals because, you know, they put up 10 goal or 11 goals before seeing Kearsarge again. And then, and then getting that win for nothing. Yeah. Uh, anything else, uh, I guess division three or, or overall that's, uh, that, that any final thoughts before we wrap up for the week? Uh, no, I mean, it's going to be a fast and furious (laughs) few weeks (laughs) to end the season here, I think. So, um, yeah, here's hoping everybody gets all their games in and, and nothing gets too terribly weird and, and we can, we can get a clearer playoff picture in the next week here. Yeah, that's the, that maybe is the craziest thing to me is like, you know, just looking at it and sitting here going, wow, there's only three weeks left to the uh, the regular season here. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to, to figure out who I haven't seen yet and who I want to, you know, w- want to get in as many as I can, of course. And and then I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, holy crap, I'm scheduling myself to go to like nine games this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's wild, and I mean, but the way like we just we just celebrated our senior night. Our that Hanover game was our our senior night game because, you know, prior to all these reschedules, we were going on a pretty long road trip, and then, you know, that was the game that just made the most sense for, for the timing and our team. So you know, teams are going to have all that stuff coming up too, and yeah, it's going to be going to be a wild ride these next three weeks. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that'll just about do it for this week. Uh, Kelly, thanks again for joining me. Always, always the highlight of my Sunday. (laughs) She's Kelly Braley. I'm Joe Marcellina. Uh, We'll talk to you next week and enjoy the games.